Welcome everyone, I'm Dr. Christine Schaffner, and today I'm speaking with my friend and colleague, Dr. Summer Beatty. Dr. Summer Beatty works with us at Sophia Health Institute. She also works with us in Seattle at my clinic, Bella Fiore Clinic as well. And she is just a wealth of knowledge. She specializes in regenerative medicine, um, both aesthetic and orthopedic regenerative medicine. And she does a wide range of services for our patients. And she also trains physicians in the treatment of regenerative medicine with PRP and ozone and peptides and exosomes. And she has so much to offer. And I just really love sharing her work and educating you, whether you can come and see us in the Seattle area or finding somebody locally who does the work that Summer does. I really hope uh, that you learn a lot and know that there are so many uh, wonderful tools around regenerative medicine to not only look good, but also to heal and recover it, especially any injured joints or inflamed areas or painful areas in your body. So enjoy the podcast. Welcome, Dr. Beatty. I'm so excited to interview you today. Thank you. I'm, I'm happy to be here. So many listeners might know that we have been working together, I think a little over a year now, and you've done some amazing education on our um, webinar platforms, and everyone's always so interested in the therapeutics that you offer. And I, I just wanted to share with our audience, you know, all the services you offer and your amazing education. And then, you know, of course, if people can't see us where you're working together on our team, we want to just educate people about these services and how to find a good provider in your community community as well. So let's just dive in. Does that sound good? Sure. Let's get started. Yeah. So how did you really, you know, be, um, choose to specialize in this regenerative medicine and aesthetic medicine? How did your path as a naturopathic physician lead you there? Yeah. You know, I think like most naturopathic physicians sort of coming into a specialty field is a bit of a convoluted path as was mine. Um, I originally had wanted to be a physical therapist before I ended up in naturopathic school. And so after working in a varicose vein surgery center and uh, interferential pain management practice up in Alaska, when I came back to Washington State, I was pretty confident that I didn't want to be in um, family medicine anymore. It just hadn't been really a good fit for me. Um, but specialty medicine was, and I felt like I was really able to kind of narrow down my my set of skills to that field. And my husband had um, suffered a tibial plateau fracture in 2009 that put him in Harborview, which is Seattle's trauma center, for about a month. He had three reconstructive surgeries with skin grafts and bone grafts and plates and screws and left him with a torn meniscus that still was never... Um, addressed. And so in 2015, he was looking at having to have surgery again and really not wanting to do that. And so primarily for personal reasons, I started diving back into regenerative medicine, trying to figure out what I could offer him um, and came into prolotherapy, which then pushed me into platelet-rich plasma and all of the other more advanced regenerative procedures that we're now starting to offer um, at Sophia. It's always a lot of us have these personal stories, right? You know, that, um, you know, lead us down a path that we might not have otherwise gone, gone through. But I, I know that um, all the things, you know, everything happens for a reason, right? In retrospect, and even though your husband had to go through this, you know, really hard time, you know, what came out of this is just, um, yeah, just, I mean, you're so knowledgeable and wonderful at these therapies. So no, the silver lining, right? 
Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I think the thing is that once you start looking for solutions for yourself, other people in your life and your circle start popping up that have been looking for those same solutions, too. And so it's just really rewarding to be able to have found a tool that is really pretty simple and affordable to offer people um, that's also really effective. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, the synchronicity of all of that, I, I do see that in my own life, too. So, um, no, it's like through his experience, you're able to help all these other people. And so, um, Summer, so some of, some people who are listening might not even know what we're talking about yet. So let's just kind of break it down. So what are we talking about when we talk about these regenerative therapies, and especially PRP or platelet-rich plasma? So what what are we what do we mean when we're talking about this modality? Yeah, so I suppose different practitioners might define regenerative medicine in different ways. But for me, it's using any kind of um, tool or modality to stimulate the body to do its own healing and repair. So we're not implanting anything. We're not cutting anything out. We're um, typically injecting some sort of solution to encourage the body to heal and repair. And so one of those solutions that we use is PRP or platelet-rich plasma. And with that, um, what you do is a simple blood draw, and then you spin down the blood in a special centrifuge to separate out all the red blood cells. This isolates the plasma, which is spun out again to create a buffy coat. And in that buffy coat is the cell, the cells that are called the platelets. And um, the general public probably knows what platelets are because if you've ever cut yourself, it's the platelets that cause the clotting and stop the bleeding. But the other thing that platelets do when you have an injury is that they release cell signaling molecules um, into the system that signal the brain that there has been an injury and it needs to send all of its um, ability to heal to that area. So when we take the platelets and we re-inject them into an area of the body, we're basically creating um, the, the idea that there's been a controlled injury and the brain sees that as an injury and responds accordingly. And so it recruits your own endogenous stem cells. It signals your own growth factors. The platelets release growth factors themselves. And that healing cascade starts again in that area that you've injected. Mm-hmm. So we're essentially harnessing our body's ability to heal and repair and kind of um, telling, you know, certain tissues. So if we're wanting to heal or repair a joint or, um, you know, what we're really excited to share with people today is more all of the aesthetic applications so we can have, you know, younger looking skin. So, um, so tell us about how we can apply uh, PRP. So platelet-rich plasma can pretty much be injected safely into just about any area of the body. The most popular areas that it's being used in is orthopedics, obviously, because that's kind of where it found its, um, beginnings and where most of the research that's available on the efficacy of PRP is, is in orthopedics, so joints and ligaments and tendons, that sort of thing. Um, And then it kind of moved into, and that's actually the only use that's currently like FDA approved. So um, all of the other uses for PRP are what are considered off-label. And we take the science that was done in the studies with orthopedics and apply that to these other situations. And so where it's being used most popularly in aesthetics is with hair restoration for both men and women, um, 
in facial rejuvenation. It can be used with deeper injections into like the fat pads of the face. Um, as we age, one of the things that happens is that the fat actually starts to um, migrate south and become less prominent, and that helps hold up the, the skin and give shape to the face. So the platelet-rich plasma can rejuvenate that with helping with skin tightening and elastin and fibrinogen. It helps with bringing in new blood supply to the face, which brings brightness and color and um helps with all of that rejuvenation process as well. We also use the platelet-rich plasma with microneedling, which if um, listeners aren't familiar with that, it's basically multiple injections very superficially with a um, mechanical pen that has needle points on the end. So it creates these channels, these wound channels in the skin that the platelets then um, basically are applied topically and soak into the skin through those wounds and stimulate that same healing process. So it's great for scar revision, for fine lines and wrinkles, for skin tightening, for um, improving skin tone and texture, great for like acne scarring, that sort of thing. And then um, after it had been being used that way for a while, it started being used in sexual health and wellness. So we do quite a bit of that actually um, at both Sophia and Bella Fiore. And so for women, we inject the platelets or the platelet-rich plasma around the urethral meatus, which is the tube that empties the bladder. Um, and again, with either due to aging or injury, sometimes that tube, which should be predominantly straight, becomes bowed because the connective tissue supporting it has become um, weak or overstretched or damaged. And so by rejuvenating that tissue around the urethra, we're able to provide some support to it, which helps minimize or even eliminate in some cases stress incontinence for women, uh, which is huge, especially for women who are um, post-childbearing um, a lot of times the trauma from vaginal deliveries can lead to urinary incontinence. And I think women have often been told that it's just part of giving birth and being a woman that as you age, stress incontinence is something that happens. You know, you'll, you'll see memes and jokes and hear people talk about like, when I sneeze, I pee, or when I cough, I pee, or I can't drop, jump on the trampoline without peeing my pants. And platelet-rich plasma can definitely help with that. Um, and then it's also injected into the clitoris which can help rejuvenate um, nerve endings there and help with libido and ability to orgasm more easily. And then typically in our practice, we're also injecting it into any kind of scars um, and sometimes into the labia as well. And then with men, it's injected into the penis um, primarily to treat erectile dysfunction, which um, with the growth factors, uh, they release uh, endothelial growth factor and um what's called uh, VEGF, uh, vascular endothelial growth factor, and that helps with increasing new blood supply, which will help um, a man be able to both obtain and maintain an erection more easily. And um, then more clinically, it's also been used in patients who have like Peyronie's disease, a condition where there's scarring of the penis that causes curvature with erection that can be very painful and make it difficult to have intercourse. 
um, and some other, some other more, um, medical type conditions, but those are the the primary ways that is being used off label. Mm-hmm. So it's really, you know, it has such a broad scope of, um, you know, or broad um, application that we can use. And so one of the things that I know people are probably um, trying to, you know, wrap their head around, is this something that you just do once or is it best in a series of injections um, and treatments? And, you know, as we talk about that, you know, both of us being naturopathic physicians, you know, there's this whole other way to optimize and help people get the most benefit. Because if you've gotten, you know, when um, before uh, Summer came to work with us, I've, I heard a lot of mixed um, things about PRP. So some people swore by it and had these amazing results. And for some people, you know, it was just a little but yeah, you know, not sure if it worked or not. And so, um, you, know, sure. with her, you know, with your understanding and kind of our approach, you know, I, I want to make sure that people know how we can really make sure they're getting the most out of um, this this treatment. Yeah, I think um, it's kind of a, a lot to unload. For one, um, platelet-rich plasma became popular really quickly. And so the types, the number of providers offering it kind of exploded and there wasn't really a whole lot of standardization around uh, what constituted PRP or how it was applied and who was a good candidate to receive it. And so I think that's part of the reason that you'll see some of those um, mixed reports from patients. I think one of the things that really sets Bella Fiore and um, Sophia Health Institute apart in how we choose to offer PRP is that we're very selective about which patients we choose to um, offer this treatment to. And I say that because we want the best outcomes for them. This is not necessarily a an inexpensive treatment. And so it's typically also not covered by insurance. And so when patients are choosing this type of therapy, they're paying out of pocket. And so I think it's only ethical as a provider that we take a really holistic view of if that patient is a good candidate for PRP and we can honestly expect that they'll have good results. So some of the things we want to look at from like a more global naturopathic perspective is um what is the person's overall health and vitality? And in some cases that may have led to their injury or their accelerated aging to begin with. So with our unique patient population, a lot of our patients are dealing with autoimmune conditions. They're dealing with um, infectious diseases like Lyme or EBV or other things. And when those are not well controlled, no matter how many treatments of PRP you do, you're typically not going to get a very vital or robust response. Because remember, again, that the PRP is stimulating the body to do its own healing. And the body only has so much energy and vitality to put towards any one process at a time. So if it's trying to heal an autoimmune condition, it's trying to deal with infections, it's not a good time to be stimulating regeneration with PRP. So that's definitely something that we we take into consideration. We also take into consideration lifestyle. Um, probably the only population of patients that I pretty much absolutely refuse to treat are people who are currently smoking. And that's because we know that um, use of tobacco products significantly reduces the body's ability to heal and repair, partly through the inability to have good blood flow. 
And so what will end up happening is that the patient just does not get a good response. So and those are just a couple of examples of ways that in a naturopathic practice, looking at the, the overall picture for the patient, um, it helps kind of decide who will and who won't get a good response to these treatments. Um, and then there's a lot of other factors too, you know, uh, Sophia and Bella too, we're always looking at mental, emotional health and um, just good timing for the patient. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, I think timing is everything just, you know, in the practice of medicine, it's just always, you know, applying the right treatment at the right time and trying to, you know, that that's a big part of our job, right? And so I, I think that that's a strength of how we're integrating this. And also the, the hormone piece, too, I think can oh, be, right. you know, a big piece. Do you want to touch a little bit about especially with the patient populations who are seeking the, um, the treatments for uh, facial rejuvenation or um, sexual health? There are typically times when hormonal shifts are happening. So do you mind um, adding a little bit about hormones and how that can impact PRP? Yeah, sure. So um, typically the type of people or the population of people that are going to be looking for um, aesthetic improvement due to um, aging, like wrinkles and even hair loss, um, that sort of thing, um, fall into sort of the 40 and older uh, group, maybe the women who are more perimenopausal or have even moved through menopause. Some of our men are in their 50s, 60s. What we know from statistics is that um, at the age of 40, nearly 40% of populations report some sort of sexual dysfunction. Um, we also know that that's the age group that starts to seek out aesthetic uh, treatments for appearance. And so one of the things that leads to sexual dysfunction and premature aging of the skin is a drop in optimal hormone levels. So if a woman is coming to me who's very estrogen deficient and she's wanting to use the PRP to enhance the, the thickness and quality of their skin, whether it's on her face or in the vaginal area, um, she's just not going to get as robust a response or as good a result if her hormones aren't brought back into balance. Um, and the same with men, you know, if they're using the PRP for erectile dysfunction, but their testosterone levels are very, very low, they're not going to get as good of re a result from the PRP treatments either. Or even if they do mount a, a decent response, it's probably not going to be as long lasting. And so one of the things we like to do is make sure that if the patient is coming to us from another provider, that that provider has done some sort of lab work um, and looked at where their hormone levels are. And then if that's not the case, that is a service that we do provide for patients as well. Um, and there was something you had asked me about um, about that when we first started, and now it's it's kind of escaped me. About the hormones or about just um, improving overall? Oh, um, it was how long does it last? You were saying, you know, people want to know oh, how many sure. treatments do they need. And so what happens is that because your body is being asked to do its own healing and you're using your own endogenous stem cells as part of that process, the younger a person is when they receive a PRP treatment, the more likely they are to have a, a more um, robust response. And so if, um, if you're coming to me in your 40s and you don't really have a whole lot of dysfunction uh, or a lot of correction to do, we might just do one a year to sort of slow down 
that um, aging process and maybe some mild correction. But if there's a lot of dysfunction going on, a lot of correction that needs to be done, then we're typically recommending that patients do a series of three treatments spaced about a month apart and then reevaluate and see what's needed. I know some providers are saying for hair restoration, they're recommending up to six treatments right from the beginning. Hair can definitely be one of the more um, difficult rejuvenative processes. Again, the sooner you start, the more likely you are to have good results, and that's true with any of these PRP treatments. However, I don't want to discourage people who, you know, are maybe in that older population and think that this won't be a good treatment for them because of that need to stimulate their own endogenous stem cells. I still have have patients who are in their 60s, 70s, even 80s. I've had some gentlemen in their 80s do the injections for um, sexual health and wellness and still have really good results. But they're they're people who are overall healthy and active and are good candidates for PRP in other ways. So you mentioned, you know, hair restoration, and I know um, that can be such a difficult symptom for people, both men and women, to go through. And so, um, you know, there's, you know, more and more options, you know, than there have been, you know, since we both have been medical school. But what kind of results are you seeing? Um, maybe we break down, you know, first women. I mean, of course, you know, you have to look at all the naturopathic things that we just talked mm-hmm. about and, you know, hormone levels. We also see, um, you know, um, in my personal experience sometimes women who've had a mold exposure or who are dealing with even heavy metal toxicities sometimes can have hair loss um, be a symptom. So just to share there's the other, you know, causes, but, um, you know, I know that you, their PRP is kind of part of a program and you also can add in um, light therapy or even, you know, we're starting to play around with peptides, but just to offer some, you know, kind of clinical anecdotes around um, uh, hair restoration for for women predominantly coming because they've had some sort of issue with hypothyroidism or a singular stressful incident that led to hair loss once we've corrected those causative factors they can typically do just even one treatment and get good results and I, and that's not typically true for my male population and i think that part of that reason is is that men are also fighting that androgenic picture Um, that is sort of part of their normal aging process with that change in hormones that women don't typically experience. Um, So with a lot of women, it's one one and done to a certain extent or maybe one a year to sort of maintain. The exception to that would be, again, if this has been a longstanding situation of hair loss. Um, Again, the longer you wait to treat, the harder it is to get that hair back. And part of the reason is, is that PRP stimulates dormant hair follicles. What it doesn't do is create new hair follicles. So if the hair loss has been long enough that the hair follicle is actually scarred down, then that hair is not coming back. Um, And then that's kind of where we look at some of the other layered therapies that could be helpful, like the peptides. Some studies are showing that potentially um, peptides can help create new hair follicles actually. And then there's always the stem cells too. But a lot of that research is so new that that's not something we're promising patients will happen. Mm. We're just saying that it has for some people. And then with men, it's typically a, a pretty clear series of three or even more treatments to get a lot of their hair to grow back um, to, to a thickness that they're happy and content with. 
And then you also have seen the uh, PRP and potentially, you know, peptides are such a new area for all of us, but have a lot of promise. Um, but also there are these different um, laser caps or different devices that um, people can wear at home to help. Yes. Um, so that kind of, can you just share like how light therapy works um, with hair growth? Yeah. So the interesting thing is that light therapy alone has been shown in studies to help stimulate hair growth and regenerate the, the hair follicles and um, bring back some of that hair loss. And so when you couple it with a therapy like PRP, the rate of return is significantly better. And so if a person wants to really speed up that process, then typically what we'll do is do a PRP treatment and then recommend that they purchase one of these at home laser cap devices um, to use at home on a regular basis. There's a couple of different protocols depending on what you're trying to do and how much time people have, but they can do it everywhere from every day for like 20 minutes to three times a week. Um, and then typically we'll recommend that since it's a product they purchased that they just kind of use it as an ongoing basis. It's also a nice solution for people who um, maybe can't afford to do ongoing injection treatments, but could afford the the laser cap and have it at home to use. So they'll do like one PRP treatment and then use the laser cap versus coming in for the three to six. Um, it's just another way to offer a solution. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. And there's so much, um, you know, it's always interesting. Um, I feel like aesthetic medicine, um, these things start first and then they make their way to, you know, um, looking at how to apply these therapies, you know, to chronic illness and so forth. Mm-hmm. But there's so much, um, you know, conversation in our community about how to use um, anything from red light therapy to infrared to near infrared. And, you know, the, um, and we also are using together at the office office, um, the Weber medical laser. So that's even right. intravenous laser. Um, so just light therapy has such a place, I think in medicine that we, um, you know, still have so much potential to explore. So I just wanted people to know about this application as well. Yeah, it's really interesting. It's, I think a emerging field that's going to become much more prominent. Um, and so it's exciting to see that it's, the devices are becoming sophisticated enough um, to be actually be effective and affordable enough for people to have in their own homes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, so many home um, units are now available, so um, they're not as cost prohibitive because a lot of this, you know, light therapy, it's cumulative, right? So it's it's one of those uh, treatment strategies that people feel better with more treatments, and so um, so know that that's it's 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 exciting. Yeah. Um, Summer, so kind of moving um, to the facial aesthetic piece, you know, big passion of mine, um, you know, even though I primarily my world is all about chronic illness and treating, you know, uh, patients with chronic illness. um, You know, I obviously have an organic med spa in Seattle that we work together with and um, you know, I'm just really passionate about sharing um, these alternative um, to mainstream interventions, um, you know, like Botox and these other hyaluronic acid fillers that, you know, my patients tend to be extremely sensitive and they just don't do well with. And also, if you're wanting um, ingredients that you can stand by and feel good about, um, you know, we just always want to kind of give people another option. And so I've always wanted alternatives um, to the um, the popular facial injections. So um, women 
women have a, who want these choices have um, options. And also the fun thing that I, I love about PRP plus the microneedling is that we're not masking a problem, but we're actually improving the health of the skin with each treatment, which I think is unique. And so with that being said, you know, we have been starting to pair not only the uh, PRP facial injections, um, you know, with, um, you know, with all the things we've talked about, but also we are exploring something called biofiller. And this is a, an alternative to the hyaluronic acid fillers out there. So can you share, you know, what is biofiller and your experience thus far with biofiller? Sure. So biofiller is also sometimes referred to as plasma gel. And that's because when we do the PRP spinoff, discard the red blood cells, and then spin again to concentrate the platelets in the buffy coat, what ends up happening is we draw off a significant part of the remaining plasma. It's referred to as the PPP or platelet pure plasma. Some people call it the platelet poor plasma. And typically that has been discarded as medical waste. Um, in the orthopedic world, they finally started using it as well in um, injecting. So often the PRP would be injected into maybe the most damaged area, or like typically the intraarticular area of a joint, but the PPP would then be used to be injected um, around the ligaments and tendons and even trigger points, um, any of the supporting structures of the joint. And they were finding that that was actually much more effective um, to treat that way. So while it's sometimes referred to as platelet poor plasma, it actually, actually has some um, benefit to its use. And so one of the ways we use it in cosmetics is that we will heat it in a special device for a certain amount of time and then cool it back down and it creates a gel matrix of the plasma. And so when injected back into the face in lieu of a hyaluronic acid filler, it provides a scaffolding. So what happens then is when used with the PRP and the, the biofiller together, the PRP stimulates the regenerative process the platelet gel or the plasma gel, sorry, the plasma gel provides structure for the body to build on. So I typically don't tell patients that it's um, equal to a hyaluronic acid filler in that one, it's made from your own body. So it equal is in performance it, because it's, it's made from your own body and everybody's plasma is going to um, be a little bit different. Whereas a hyaluronic acid filler that you purchase is synthetically manufactured to way, no matter who it's injected into. Um, we can't guarantee that it's going to perform exactly the same way from person to person when you're using body fluids from different individuals. But typically what we've seen is that the, the volume provided by the plasma gel will provide, um, or will last anywhere from as little as one month to three or even six months in some patients. If you inject it into an area that is very movable, uh, like say the lips, it's typically going to break down much quicker. And that's where you might see that shorter one month um, period of um, lifespan with that. Um, whereas when it's injected into the, the, the cheek area to support the area over the zygomatic arch and fill out some of the laxity there from fat loss, that's where we're seeing it last longer, the three to even six months. And the idea is that, that that is sufficient amount of time because 
you should see the maximum benefits from your PRP treatment in about three months and continuing on to even six months. So as the biofiller gel is starting to be reabsorbed by the body, the body is replacing that with its own tissues. So they work really well um, together. The plasma gel is not, um, it's not best in people who don't have a lot of volume loss. It's really designed to be used in those that patient population that has a lot of volume loss. So whereas a hyaluronic acid filler can be injected into the body to literally change the shape of your face, a biofiller doesn't really do that because it reabsorbs so quickly and your body re remodels with its own tissues that biofiller is not designed to make you look like someone other than yourself. Does that make sense? I don't know if I, I, no, no, that was excellent. And I, I think that's just, you know, difference in strategy too, with kind of natural aesthetics versus some of the, you know, um, in the, uh, the kind of more conventional take on, um, these aesthetic injections is that we're, we're really trying to amplify, um, everyone's own unique beauty, right. And we're not trying to change, um, people's face, but rather, you know, have their skin and their, uh, complexion and all of the things that this, um, you know, these things treat um, become more radiant and for people to feel better uh, with who they who they are. So it's just a it's, you know, and I think you do such a great job of educating people so they have the right expectations, you know, for, um, you know, for these treatments. And, um, you know, again, this is not going to be everyone's choice, but we feel really great about it because of um, I feel like it's the healthiest choice out there. And then also, um no, it, it just is such a great fit, um, especially for our patients. And just kind of, um, you know, a side note on that, a lot of people who've struggled for a long time, especially with a chronic illness, they, they feel like they've aged, um, you know, quite dramatically over that course. And, you know, when people are starting to feel better, it's such a joy to give them an option where they can, they can, you know, really, you know, go back into life, you know, feeling confident about how they look. I don't see this as a superficial choice at all. I feel like it's just part of, you know, how we, you know, present ourselves into the world and how we can feel good. And, you know, people, you know, when, when you look good, you feel good a lot of times. And so it, it right. is, it, I think it's, it's part of health. Yeah. You know, my husband and I were actually talking about that just last night, because one of the reasons that aesthetic PRP is one of my favorite things to do is, is because it does not alter or dramatically change you. It enhances and restores the you that already is. And it makes, you know, the aesthetic world can become such a slippery slope. And I feel like as a mom of two girls, I want them to see themselves as beautiful, the way that they are designed and created and not constantly be trying to change um, in dramatic ways, the way that they look to fit into a certain stereotype. And so working in this world, I have to be careful to model healthy um healthy choices for myself with that too, you know? And mm. so I think, um, I, uh, I absolutely agree that when we feel good about the way we look, we're inspired to take better care of ourselves and that platelet, platelet rich plasma aesthetic procedures don't, um, ever ask you to be 
who you're not. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, it's such a wonderful, um, you know, point. And yeah, being a mom and, you know, having daughters, you know, these are things that, you know, we both are thinking about. And, you know, our society, you know, just has such a different, um, you know, conversation and, you know, kind of subliminal message that they're teaching women at such a young age. And I think, um, yeah, we have to look at that, right? And I think it's so important. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. You know, I want my kids to be comfortable looking like me and mm-hmm. not have seen me change my face so dramatically that as they're growing, they look nothing like me mm-hmm. and then think they have to do the same. Mm-hmm. You know? mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so Summer, what are you most excited about as far as, you know, this is such an evolving and constantly changing, you know, industry and field that you're in. And so um, even in the short time that we've been working together, um, which has been wonderful, you know, I, I know there's so many things that um, we're constantly integrating and exploring, but what are, what are you really excited about at this time? Yeah, you know, it's, it's funny, but there's so many things that have come across um, my path since starting to work with you and being at Sophia. And like you said, the Weber laser is definitely one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm really excited to see us incorporate more of the light-based therapies into some of the PRP protocols that we're doing, using them um, with interstitial and, and joint injections as well. And then um, incorporating more of the light-based therapies into our PRP aesthetics and even sexual health um Mm-hmm. treatments. So definitely the the light therapy is one of them. Um, we mentioned briefly the peptides, and then we've also briefly started using or recently started using more exosomes and just finding ways to um, enhance some of the results. You know, you mentioned that some of our patients have been battling with some of these chronic conditions for a very, very long time. And so in order to initiate a really good uh, rejuvenating response or regenerative response, sometimes they need a little bit more force or intervention than PRP alone can provide. And some of these other tools um, do that. And I think um, the other thing that I'm most excited about is that, you know, you've offered the platform for me to be able to use both Bella and Sophia as a place to train other physicians. And so it's created this really great community of like-minded practitioners who are now taking these um, therapies and applying them in their own practices, but they're not just learning to inject their, their, um, maintaining that same commitment to whole whole person care and naturopathic um, philosophy and how they're applying them. And I think that's really exciting to see that some of these therapies are going to be used um, more and more in that patient population. Yeah, you've done such a good job uh, curating um, not only the uh, the physicians who come to learn from you, but also experts who come and teach with you. And it's been, you know, part of why we love working together, I know, is that we love learning from other people and, you know, bringing all these ideas under one roof so we can see how we can make our treatments better. And I know that um, you know, I know that what you're doing right now is going to evolve, you know, in the next six months to year. And that, that's what's so exciting. And no, it's just been really a joy to see all of this um, come together. So, um, so 
I obviously want people to come and see you if you're in the Seattle area or if you're, um, you know, traveling um, to see us. We, you know, we have so many things to offer, you know, at both Sophia Health Institute and that's outside of Seattle and Woodinville, Washington, where we're really set up to, you know, treat people who have complex chronic illnesses. And then um, we have our clinic, Bella Fiore Clinic, that's adjacent to my med spa in Seattle. And um, we have all of the supportive things to also um, not do these treatments in isolation, but in the context of naturopathic um, medicine as well. And then, you know, if people are not able to come visit us in Seattle, how would you direct them to find, you know, a really, um, you know, great practitioner who's looking at um, you know, who has a similar approach? Is there um, a website where doctors who've trained with you, people can look for, or is there um, a checklist to just make sure people are, you know, really vetting the right um, type of practitioner? So they, if they're drawn to this type of approach, uh, we can, you know, we can help them find that. Yeah. You know, that's a little bit of a difficult question. I, I do have a re- website up, but it's pretty rudimentary. And the intention was to always list all of the practitioners who have trained with me. So at some point that will be up and running. Um, until then, people are welcome to email me. And if I have a practitioner I've trained in their area, I'm happy to refer. Um, I think typically um, one of the things is price point, which we didn't really talk about, but The cheaper the offer for the PRP, the less likely it is that you're probably getting a really good quality treatment, Um, kind of the same with Botox or any other aesthetic procedure, right? So if every other surgeon in your area is charging $5,000 for a breast lift and your surgeon is offering it for $1,500, there might be a reason that you wouldn't want to pay for the cheapest thing you can find. Right. So that's kind of true with, with PRP as well. So I just tell people to kind of do your homework and shop around, see what is offered in your area and that it should kind of be in a, in a, in a general ballpark. Right. And then the other thing is, is that, um, some of the regenerative medicine conferences like A4M will typically have, um, practitioners who they've either trained or certified through different groups, um, So just knowing that your injector has done some advanced training or some continuing education in that area. I also think, too, looking for someone who maybe isn't just doing this as a medispa procedure. If you're the type of patient who needs some attention and care to yourself as a whole, as a whole person, then looking for a physician who does practice either naturopathic medicine or functional medicine or specializes in rejuvenative care um, and is well-versed in looking at hormones and underlying chronic infectious diseases and that sort of thing versus um, just doing it as purely an aesthetic procedure is, is another kind of way to vet who might, who might have your best interests at heart in offering or, or even refusing to offer these treatments to you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's what I so admire about you that, you know, when we refer people to you, you'll often tell people, you know, it's not time, let's get these things sorted out first. And, um, you know, I, I know that, um, your heart and is always, you know, looking out for the patient and wanting them to get the right results. And so, um, no, I, I really admire, admire that about you, Summer. Oh, thank you. I, I mean, <laughs> I would want a physician to treat me that way if I came looking for a solution, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. So Summer, where can people find out more about you um, if they're a practitioner and if they want to learn about your trainings? Um, and then where can people find more about you? 
Yeah. So one living is the name of my practice. Um, and website is one living So I can be through that. I'm also on Facebook and Instagram under that name, one living clinic and my own name, Dr. Summer Beatty on both Facebook and Instagram. And then, um, for patients, um, I think we've done a really good job of putting together some informational videos on what PRP is and what we offer at Bella Fiore. So if they were to visit the bellafioreclinic.com and look up the services there, they would be able to figure out how to get scheduled or to get more information on the services that I'm offering there. I'm typically at Bella Fiore one day a week and at Sophia one day a week, but that seems to kind of flux. Um, So they just kind of have to check in and see what's available. Mm -hmm. Great, great. Well, I so appreciate your time today and giving us such a great overview. And uh, Summer, again, is such a wealth of information. And this is just really an overview of um, these topics where you can really go deeper if you're wanting to seek them out. You know, please connect with Summer or another like-minded provider who can really, um, you know, help you get the results we all want uh, for you with these therapies. So thank you. Thanks, Christine. Hi, everyone. I hope you enjoyed my conversation today with Dr. Summer Beatty. If you live in Seattle, uh, you can see Dr. Summer Beatty at Bella Fiore Clinic in the Queen Anne neighborhood. If you are in um, the Seattle area or visiting us at Sophia Health Institute, she also does wonderful work there. And um, please check out her website, oneliving.com. She is a trainer and a teacher, and she puts on wonderful events educating other providers and physicians on regenerative medicine. So thanks for joining us.